This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for another edition of Silver and Black today here on The Bet in Las Vegas. If you're listening to us on the radio and always as an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders turn the page. They're in Los Angeles, of course, have been practicing against the Rams this week. They will gear up to face the Rams at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern on Saturday at SoFi Stadium for their second contest of the preseason hi i'm your host scott Branson, along with my partner he is the senior nfl writer at bleacher report his name is mr mo moton you can follow him on twitter at m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n i am at lv gully the show is snb today okay mo we start looking ahead but some news in raider nation of course, uh, we heard the, the terrible news for the young man on Tuesday, and that was Brandon Parker, who was injured last week in the practices, the joint practices with the San Francisco 49ers, is uh, uh, going to miss another season. The same thing happened to him last season. Brandon Parker was slated to be a reserve offensive lineman, and the Raiders now find themselves uh, a lineman down, which in the NFL, when it comes to attrition, you can never have too many of anything And so uh, I did a blitz yesterday here on the podcast feed about his loss and how people might poo-poo it a little bit and say, hey, you know, okay, yeah, Brandon Parker, he wasn't very good anyway. But in reality, anytime you lose guys up front, Mo, it's a big deal. Now they're going to have to go out and figure out what they do to possibly replace him. Somebody's got to come in, learn the playbook, unless they come from the New England tree or something like that. But uh, it's unfortunate for the young guy, Brandon Parker, he doesn't get an opportunity for another year to maybe perhaps improve and try to get some playing time and give the Raiders some of that depth they so desperately need. The Raiders apparently see something in Brandon Parker that we don't. Because I... I Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't have him making the roster anyway. To be honest with you, I did not. I did not envision him making the fifty-three man simply because Justin Heron got most of the snaps at left tackle in that preseason game. He's a former Patriot, so he has an inroads with this coaching staff. And there's been a lot of buzz about there Mumford pushing Jermaine Illuminar. So if he's pushing Jermaine Illuminar for the right tackle job, at worst he's going to be the backup swing guy. Uh, mm-hmm. So to me, Brandon Parker was fighting for the fourth, fifth spot. Dalton Wagner, the undrafted rookie, had a pretty good outing against the 49ers. So maybe that's his immediate replacement there. But tough break for Brandon Parker, as you said, two years in a row, getting injured, going on IR before the season even starts. Who knows where his career goes from here, but you hope that he heals up and maybe continues somewhere else. 
Yeah, and it's it's and I think the point is, you know, when when guys go down on a team, to your point, maybe he would have made the roster, maybe he wouldn't have. The the Raiders signed him to a one year was one year deal was not any kind of risk from a financial standpoint for them to do that because he's easily uh, discarded, if you will. Um, but that disruption, you know, you get to get when you just like when you work somewhere, I always talk, I always try to bring it back to everybody's daily life, right? That listens to the show. And that is, you know, you, you work with people, Mo, you work with a staff of writers and editors over at Bleacher Report and at Sports Not, and you get to know those guys, right? And you get into rhythm. Yeah. People come and go all the time. That's part, that's natural part of business, of work, of life. But at the same time, you start to develop that cohesive uh, group. I mean, even you and I doing this show together. It's why I always tell you off the air, I don't think I would ever do the show anymore if, if you couldn't do it. Because it's just gotten to the point where it's like, I like the rhythm. I like this. Uh, and it doesn't mean that you can't go on and do other things. But it does disrupt a team a little bit more than people believe. Yeah. And I think uh, when you we're not at practice, we don't see this, but some offensive linemen develop a relationship with other offensive linemen based on who they play with. So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're the left tackle, you're, you may be used to playing with a certain left guard. If you're, if you're a right guard, maybe you're used to playing with a certain right tackle. I think Jermaine Illuminar uh, talked about this. One of the, off- I think it was Jermaine Illuminar talked about this, being able to develop a relationship or rapport with a guy that's playing right next to you. So I think that part of it is important, but as, as Joshua Daniel said, these offensive linemen, they have to get used to playing with different guys, different combinations, because there's a very, very, very slim chance that your offensive linemen are going to be healthy for the entire season. So guys have to be ready to fill in in certain spots, not just play one position. You have to be comfortable with playing not with just one guy, but two, three, four other guys on that offensive line. No question. And the Raiders now, they uh, move into this weekend coming up, uh, of course, practices with the Rams again uh, today and going into Saturday. But you look at this game, we saw with the Raiders, we've already exhausted or talked a lot about the conversation and, and Mo was on assignment, so he couldn't be with Vinny on Tuesday. But in talking about it, uh, you know, the one thing that sticks out is you can look at individual performances. Of course, we're talking later in the show, by the way, to to Tom Deanhart from from um, goldenblack.com who covered Aiden O'Connell in college. So we're going to give Aiden O'Connell some more coverage here to talk about his development, who he is, but not to get too caught in the stats just yet. They're definitely uh, they're definitely a guide for us to see where some of these guys might be against competition. But it's interesting because as Raiders, as the Raiders came out of Saturday's win, it's a real interesting duality about the preseason, Mo, right? Which is people, oh, what's the big deal? They're playing against second start. They're not playing against starters. They're playing against second, third string. But had the Raiders lost and gotten beat 34 to 7, what would people be saying? They'd be saying, oh, gosh, it's going to be a long year. So, so yes, you can't wait it too much either way when you win or lose in the preseason. But as Vinny and I discussed on Tuesday, Mo, uh, the fashion in which they are playing, the, 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 the discipline which you're starting to see doesn't mean they always succeed. But I saw during that game is what I want to see again. I want to see it repeat against the Rams, which is no stupid mistakes. Seeing a defense that's swarming defense doesn't always mean you'll win the battles. And of course, on the offense, continuing to execute. And you'd like to see the run game, uh, even though you and I disagreed on our our excitement over Zamir White. uh, You want to see the running game get better. You want to see them do a little more than they've done. 
But overall, Mo, the, 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 the culture and in, in installing that culture in Vegas with this team seems to be taking hold. Doesn't mean they're going to win 12 games. It just means though you can kind of see that on the, on the, on the field. I, am I wrong on that? Did you see it as well? It's funny because on my first silver and black blitz, I talked about the, the theme of the episode is basically what do I want to see more of? What does Mo want to see more of in the second preseason game? And, and, and to your point is, yes, it is just preseason, but you want to see the consistency because eventually you're going to see right. results, right? I, I compare exactly. this to I compare this to a person who's trying to lose weight, right? But actually, I won't go there <laughs> since I'm I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I, at one point in my life, I was trying to gain weight, right? Mm. I was maybe 140 pounds coming out of college. And I was like, man, I got to, I want to be about 160, 165. So I start eating whole pizzas and pasta every day. <laughs> Cheesecake. I'm, it's all types of carbs. I'm loaded up on carbs and protein and I'm barely seeing any results. And I'm like, this is not working. You know, this is just not working. I start, so I start loading up on protein shakes, but over time it took repetition and consistency. I saw some progress and that, you know, now I'm about, you know, I'm at a good weight now, I'll say that. <laughs> but my point is, but my point is that for the fans saying that, yes, we went 4-0, the Rays went 4-0 in the preseason last year. What's different this year if they win all these games and show good performances is no different. We can still go 6-11. and Yes, that is true. But sometimes results don't always come right away. Sometimes it takes time. It's my point about gaining weight or losing weight. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you, you start a routine and it doesn't show right away. It takes some time. So for the Raiders, just understand that Second year under Josh McDaniels and his coaching staff, it could take some time. It could take two years for the results to start to show in the regular season. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. And that's where I, I said, if you go back to the summer, we were talking about expectations for this team. And, and yes, the expectation of a man making millions of dollars to coach a team is you win. Right. But we also talked about since they had to go backward and kind of rebuild a little bit on this roster, that you have to start to look for progression. To your point, in your blitz from yesterday afternoon, you said it perfectly about consistency, right? You want to see consistency. Consistency does not mean to the point you just made with the weight loss or weight gain. For me, it's the previous weight loss. I need to do some more of that. But um, when you look at that, you want to see the consistency. Are they consistent, consistently executing plays, for example? If they are and the results aren't good, you could still say, hey, look, they're doing it the right way. It just hasn't broken yet. Or in the case of the running back, let's say Zamir White is what he is and he's just a good backup running back, a change of pace guy. Then you say, okay, if Josh Jacobs decides to hold out and you have Zamir White and they're executing the plays and you just don't have the talent there, then you know what to do next time. You know you need to go get a running back, for example. So to me, that's where I think as a fan, it's very difficult and I know we do it from an objective standpoint, but as a fan, you get emotional, you want your team to win always, but that's why I'm telling fans this year, look for that. So if you have a position like linebacker, they're not great at linebacker. We all know that. But if you see linebackers that are out there today and they're doing what they're supposed to be and they're being where they're supposed to be and they get beat, 
okay, that's a talent issue, but at least they're executing. And so that game inside the game to me is going to be fascinating to watch for the remainder of this preseason. The one point I want to make about is just preseason for those people who are saying that. Well, it was just preseason for Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, and those yeah. guys didn't look nearly as impressive against backups as Aiden O'Connell did. Yeah. So on an even playing field, while you can say it's, it's just backups, it's just second, third stringers, well, his peers had the same competition, and they didn't play as well as he did. So you got to give him credit for that. I believe Pro Football Focus graded Aiden O'Connell the best rookie uh of, of the week one of the preseason now you know pro football focus or any type of analytical grades are subjective there mm -hmm. but it goes to show that his his performance is getting recognized and he was one of the top performers if not the top performer outside of maybe dorian thompson robinson the cleveland browns in that hall of fame game top top rookie performer so you can't take anything away from him and you saw a lot of as you said you saw a lot of good things so you just want to see that consistency from a rookie Right. And, and as Mo, uh, excuse me, as uh, Vinny told us on Tuesday, Mo, he wasn't surprised by it because he said he's been seeing it in practice. And I know sometimes we even can be critical of guys like Vinny and other reporters are out there, t you know, talking about, oh, this player's on fire during training camp when it's only training camp. But, you know, these are guys who've watched the NFL for a long time. So if they come out and they say, hey, look, he's having a good camp. He looks really good. That doesn't mean he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. That doesn't mean he's the next incarnation of Tom Brady. That does not mean he's going to be a Hall of Famer. What it does mean, though, is he play, he's been playing well. Somebody asked me yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday during our YouTube show, uh, if he, he had done it against number ones. And in camp, he has. So that's where people understand that when you're in practice, they roll Aiden O'Connell out there. And yes, Max Crosby's across the line and Marcus Peters back there. And so is Nate Hobbs. Those guys are all playing with the, the units mix and they play together because they want to see. They want to see what they have in that quarterback. And again, we're going to talk to Tom Deanhart here after the break um, from uh, goldenblack.com who covered Aiden in college. But it's a good story. And it's really interesting because from a fan perspective, Mo, I think... You know, Raider fans are so used to negative coverage, so they get this good coverage and it almost makes them feel uncomfortable because you got Baldy doing a breakdown of Aiden O'Connell. You got QB school doing a breakdown of Aiden O'Connell. And people are like, do you mean the guy we took in the fourth round? Big deal. Like, And, and people get nervous about it. But it, it doesn't mean he's going to be even a starting quarterback in the NFL. It just means he's off to a good start. Right. What I will say, too, is that I think some Raider fans are used to things not panning out. They're used, to, they're used to it looking good at certain parts, and then it just doesn't pan out the way they think it is. So I think there's some cautious optimism there, and rightfully so, because they've seen a lot of bad things happen with their draft picks. So they're just kind of holding their breath, like, let just well, we'll just wait and see. A lot of rare fans are just, let's wait and see, folks, and that's fine. But what I want to say, too, is that with Aiden O'Connell, we you know I was critical of the pick because of his lack of mobility, there were some interceptions that I'll talk about with 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 Ian Hart today that we'll, we'll go through and get his insight on. But the fact that he was able to kind of not not quell those concerns, but he had two quarterback sneaks for first downs. And I said this on the Silver and Black Blitz that while he he has some self awareness, so on that on on, on the incompletion when he threw the ball away, it seems like a routine play, right? Nobody cares. But if he pump fake to get the defender to jump so he can throw the ball away, a lot of rookies take a sack there and a big loss. 
he's self-aware that he understands he's not a very mobile quarterback. He's not going to outrun a defender. So he has to be more crafty than a, than a, a more dynamic quarterback like Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young, who can just probably evade a guy, juke and jive, kind of move out of the way. But Aiden O'Connell says, no, I, I understand. I'm not a mobile guy, so I have to be crafty. Pump fakes, gets the guy to jump. You avoid a big loss. You throw the ball the way you live to play another down. So I think that's part of the neck of qualities that Dave Ziggler was talking about that Aiden O'Connell has. He has the awareness, he has the smarts, and he has the poise to play the position. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of the things, too, because I went through 12 different scouting reports in preparation for the show about Aiden O'Connell. You mentioned some of the downsides, the upsides, but some of the nuggets that I pulled out, when you read them, you're like, yeah, Josh McDaniels, that system, Josh McDaniels, that system. So really interesting stuff. And, and, and when Tom Deanhart comes up next, we'll be able to talk about that. All right, we're going to step aside for a break. When we come back here on Silver and Black today, that's we're going to be joined by Tom Deanhart. He's a longtime Big Ten reporter, editor now at goldenblack.com. You may have seen him on Big Ten TV. He's going to give us the whole story around Aiden O'Connell here on Silver and Black today. You're with Mo. You're with Scott after I take a swallow and uh, we'll be back right after this break. <laughs> 